Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the Gospel of Luke. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you and to your word this morning, we hold so many images of what we want you to be, of what we've been taught that you are, and some of those bring life, and some of those have been a burden. And so God, I pray that you would show who you are, that you would be present to our present life here and now. You are God, our Father, our Mother, our, our giver of life, our sustainer, our Savior, our Creator, the one who is ever-present, moving in and around and through. God, you are here. You are in constant conversation with our soul and with our life, and I pray that we would wake up to ourselves and to you. And so teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to know you and to be known by you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Jesus' disciples have been traveling with him for a while. And they're watching him as he um, kind of gets up in the morning or late at night and heals people and does food. And the job of a disciple is just to kind of follow and do whatever the rabbi is doing. So if a rabbi like eats with the right hand, you eat with the right hand. If a rabbi picks this thing, you pick it as well. And you just are trying to mimic and do what this rabbi is doing. And so Jesus goes off often. They, they often lose him. We don't know when, what time of day always, but it seems like it's often early in the morning. And Jesus is praying. Sometimes we don't know exactly what those prayers are. Sometimes we're led into them. And so the disciples see this and they watch this and he comes out of prayer and they grab him and they say, hey, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. I love that line. Teach us how to pray. It feels like that moment when you're taking on a house project or something that you have no clue how to do and you just go like, I bet there's a YouTube video for this. And you find out that like, there's 4,000 of them. And you're like, what do these people do with their lives? Except for make YouTube videos about how to hang a light. So teach us to pray. And so Jesus looks at them, I imagine, with a tenderness, with a compassion. Kind of wondering, what story should I tell? What words should I use? And then he begins to pray. The whole idea for the next little bit of our church life is what does it look like for us to ask that question? No matter where you are in your faith journey, whether it's beginning or you've been doing this for a long time, whether you're thinking of just like, man, I just heard like a hundred things I'm supposed to be doing for church and I am overwhelmed. What does it look like to start from a place and just say, God, teach me to pray? 
when we come to prayer, we don't come just as this blank sheet. We come with different ideas and images, those we have seen in our lives, whether it's a parent that maybe taught us to pray, whether it's something we saw on TV. Each one of us has kind of loaded up these different images and ways in which we imagine what prayer is. For a moment, real quick, even just close your eyes, and I just want to say, I want you to think about prayer. What images come to your mind? A small child leaning by the bed with the hands clasped, saying and repeating a prayer they were taught? A family? Like a painting sitting around a big Thanksgiving meals with hands held together, saying gratitude? Is it a guru sitting on a rock meditating and saying hmm or some kind of repetitive word as the waterfall glistens in the background and the long hair begins to flow? Is the image of that waking up at 2 a.m. and saying, Lord, my life is a mess and I need you to get me out of this situation? What image, my friends, do you have about prayer? a walk through the woods, a moment of silence. We all hold these different images of prayer and we wonder, where do we go from here? What does it look like to engage? And maybe what does it look like to reimagine what this type of life in, uh, of prayer in conversation could look like? How often of these images that maybe you have about prayer whether it's walking through the woods or sitting by a waterfall or crying out to God or sitting, I don't know what image. I'm guessing some of yours are pretty weird, knowing a lot of you. But what, of the images that you have about prayer, how often are you accomplishing those in your own life? Our friend Scott Erickson that was here last week um, has this, drew this image and he, he says this about prayer. Talking about our prayer life is like talking about our ab routine. Nobody feels like they're killing it. But maybe the failure isn't our prayer practice as much as it is accomplishing these, inner, accomplishing these inner images we equate to prayer. What we need is an alternative set of images that invite us into a conversation with God we deeply desire. What I think the disciples are doing is one, just saying, hey, we, we want to be like you. Teach us how to pray. But I think they're also saying that there is a conversation. There is a part of me that deeply desires to be expressed, and I don't know how to express it. Teach us how to be in the relationship that you're in. We have these images that we hold of our life, of where we think we're going, of what our spiritual life, what our prayer life may be, look like. But what does it look like to accomplish these things? How, how, how often do we participate in them? Are we even holding helpful images? Are they being presented that way for us? And so we think maybe it's so easy to come to the different obstacles that we face when we come to prayer. And not just the obstacles of, that come to prayer. I would even begin in this place. What, what are the obstacles that get you from living a life in which you actually like reflect a little bit? You don't just kind of go through the day and then like fall asleep and then go, let's go through it again. I, that's how life often feels like for me. We talk, just talked about exploring the immense palace of our souls. How often does that happen? in our days, in our weeks, in our months, 
Can we go by a whole year with even knocking on the door to our soul and saying, what desire, what things are happening within me? Friends, I get it. Life is busy. We're tired. Or maybe we don't have the faith that we thought we were supposed to have. And so we just go in going, I don't know what I believe or how I believe. And so I don't know what to do in this moment. And so we find ways in which we just kind of fade out from this prayerful conversation, from this reflective life, from from this life that is more than just kind of what is coming out at us. What does it look like to get beyond the life that's just like kind of scrolling through our Instagram, just doing this? I don't know if you've ever gotten to this point, but I've, I've noticed it in myself as I'm scrolling my Instagram, which, did you know it's a lot like, uh, it's a lot like Vegas if you're like in a pole and try to get three cherries. It's just a scrolling and then a ding, 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 you like heart and you're like dopamine, yes. I've noticed in my own life, I get to the place in my Instagram where it says, you're all caught up. And I know I'm in a bad place where I just keep going and I look at more images I've already seen. For me, that's a sign of like, I'm just not in a place to be reflective, to engage the deep conversation, the stream that is happening within my own soul. So I'll just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Or that moment where we're on Netflix and the next show just happens to come on right after. It's like a miracle. It's like it finishes three, two, one, and it starts the next one. That's just, this is how our life and our society, it just says, hey, keep Keep kind of numbing, keep kind of breaking, keep, you're exhausted, we get it. And, and I don't say these things, we know, we already feel bad about these things. We don't need more of that on a Sunday morning. But I think we need to understand that, what does it look like to just take a pause as a community and say, you know what, teach me to pray. Teach me to show up to my life. There's thousands of reasons we don't. There's thousands of images we hold that become obstacles for us. There's so many questions that we are going to look at in the next eight weeks. And I just want to go through some of these reasons we don't pray. One is, I, I don't know how to pray. Maybe you're just like, I don't know what we do. What words do you say? What, what, what do we do? Where do I sit? How do I sit? Where do, does, do I have to sit? So we have all these questions of maybe, I just don't know how to do it. Teach me to pray. I don't know what to say. I want it to be authentic. But does God need certain words or certain beginnings? Which name do I use for God? What do I say? For some of us, we're sitting there and just saying, you know what, I am not spiritual enough. I'm just not in that space. I'm not spiritual enough to be able to even go to prayer. That's just kind of not who I am. The list goes on and on. As these, the, the silence is uncomfortable for me to pray and just sit there in the silence. Or the next one. Some days I don't believe any of this. There's nothing like showing up to a conversation with God and being like, I don't even know if I believe any of this. The good news is that's a prayer. I don't know, Will, you you don't know what I've done. We carry our own stories and our images of who we are. And as we show up to these conversations, like who would want to listen to this story and listen to me? The list goes on and on. And so before we add more shame to ourselves, which is often the greatest obstacle to intimacy, because that's what this prayer is. It's an invitation into an intimacy with the divine and with our own life. 
And one of the greatest obstacles to intimacy is guilt and the shame of just worrying. I'm not going to show up to that place because when I show up to that place, I just feel like I'm not enough. I love this image of maybe what prayer could be. It writes under it, prayer is an ever-present, ongoing, internal conversation you are having with God about the life you find yourself in. That prayer is an ongoing internal conversation that is already happening. And sometimes what sitting or what words or what scripture or posturing ourselves does is it allows us to notice this ongoing conversation about our regular life that's already happening and realizing God's presence in the midst of it. When the disciples ask Jesus the question, we all long to ask, teach us to pray. Jesus does not give them magic words in which it says, do this and you'll see all this thing happens. He doesn't give an in-depth to Bible study. I'm saying, well, the Greek word for the prayer of this, that's not what Jesus does. Look at this prayer that Jesus gives. What he does is he simply acknowledges the conversation that you belong to a life in God. That you are in this life with God, but you're not in it alone. This idea of our, the very first word, it's not my God. It's not my personal God, this thing I control. And on our means like, this is a conversation that the divine is having with people and humanity since the beginning of time. And we get to step into this reality. And this conversation is not about going away or outside of our life, but it's about the daily things of our lives. The bread, the forgiveness, the trials, the suffering, the hopes of a kingdom that would be different than the one that we see. It is about the normal things in our lives. And it's about having this conversation, connecting to this ongoing internal conversation we are having with God about our life. Our life. Here and now. Well, when um, it switched not too long ago, I don't know when it is. I'm not, I can't keep up that much. I don't know when it changed to like when people said I pray or now I meditate. I don't know when it switched to like what words you put with it. And like, but I remember like, okay, that's what I'll do now. It's like prayer kind of had its obstacles. I'll do this like meditative thing where I'll like just sit in a chair and, and listen to music and just be silent and kind of see what happens with all of that. And so I would get up early in the morning and I would kind of, I would go to my daughter's room when she wasn't in there and I, I would sit in this chair and I would just try to be silent and do this other type of prayer. And it didn't work. Um, for so many, I loved it. It was meaningful, but it didn't work in the way that I thought it was supposed to work in the guru kind of way. I would sit, I sat in this chair one morning, silent, trying to get in this position and then the door swings wide open. And I know that it's my youngest sneaking into the room. And I think, maybe if I just close my eyes and look spiritual enough, she'll go away. (laughs) And so I sat. Mm, I don't know what I was doing, but I sat. She noticed, and she was curious. She got down on her hands and knees and started crawling closer and closer to me. And I just kept trying to ignore and look spiritual. She crawls up into my lap, and she sits in my lap. She's looking, and she's giggling, and I'm, hmm. And then she begins to just kind of poke me, right? (laughs) Not saying anything, 
until I open my eyes and I see her. And I realize this is prayer. It's our life. It's our shared life of bread and wine. It's our shared life of laughter and tears. It's our moments we're in our work. It's the people that we love around us. It's those moments when you get so angry at someone and you're wondering, why am I so angry? This is our life, and our life is this divine conversation we get to enter into. And so we need to throw out some of the images of trying to pray in this perfect, with these perfect words, and we need to just show up to the ever-present life of God with us and realize we're not showing up alone. It's in the bread. It's in the forgiveness. It's in the trials. It's in the suffering. It's here and it's now. It's your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Come here on earth. And so, friends, good job praying because your life is this beautiful thing in which you are moving into. What does it look like for us to just notice it a little bit more? Add the words of gratitude, add the laments, name the tears that are flowing, and realize that God is a part of it from the beginning and to the end. And so may your life just tap you on the head and say, welcome. Let's pray. God, I pray for each of us, for each individual in this room, that as we wake up in the morning, as we put our two feet on the ground, as we take in that deep breath, as we rub our eyes and see a new day coming, I pray in that moment we would hear the words echo in our own soul and life. Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me that my life is a prayer. That my breath is a prayer. That my relationships with others is a prayer. That the food I eat, the work I do, the tears I cry, the laughs I have, the things I take in, that this life is an unceasing prayer because you are a part of it all. God, we are not inviting you into a space you are not already fully present. But we do long to wake up. We do long to see you in it all. We do long to connect to the long stream that has been happening from the beginning of creation and will go to its end. We long to pray. So teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to wake up to the life that you have given. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're going to take a moment. Um,